You are tuned into the story behind the business podcast. I am Leila Viano, virtually with my co-host Joel McDonald and Adam Bestie. And today we are joined with the founder and CEO of Shift Financial Insights. And I'm going to take this right off your LinkedIn page. Serial entrepreneur, international keynote speaker, best-selling author of Entrepreneurs, Entrepreneurs, Shane, Spencer Shannon. Thank you, Spencer. I was trying to you read it well. and say it at the same time, and I kind of messed it up. You're all good. That was well done. Thank you. So let's get right into it, Spencer. Um, why don't you just tell us um, a little bit about uh, what you do with Shift Financial, and then we can maybe talk about how that's relating to what's going on in the world today. Sure. I mean, the, the way we like to describe it is we make accounting not suck for entrepreneurs. Um, and more specifically, we um, handle the entire accounting department. So we're like the bookkeeper and controller, primarily for entrepreneurial size businesses up to about 10 million with really the idea that, you know, I'm, while I am a CPA, I've been an entrepreneur for the last 20 years in bricks and mortar businesses. And, you know, accounting's a language, entrepreneurship's a language. And I, I did this with the intention of building a bridge between entrepreneurs and accountants who um, often find each other frustrating at best. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, we were all we were we were all in to talk. I was, I was sure Adam had the next one. <laughs> so no, you, no, no, you you take it, Leyland. I I, I right. have a couple things that I'm ready to lock in and, and ask okay. him. Like so I, yeah, I definitely have ton of. I, I mean, I have some insight in, into some of the initiatives you have going on right now. So I'm mm -hmm. fortunate to have some very tactical questions for you. And um, you know, with yeah, shift, you're, with shift, you're currently talking to a lot of business uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, C level execs, those types of people about how they can situate themselves and start working on their finances and, and managing everything tactically and operationally right now so that they can kind of get through this of, uh, or look at their overall picture of where they sit right now, kind of how to audit that and then get through this and then also take advantage of the upturn that we're all hoping that we see, which, you know, the, the V that comes out of this. Um, what are some of the things you're learning as you have those conversations uh, and maybe you could talk a little bit about what you're actually doing uh, with these businesses when you, when you chat with them. Yeah, cool. Uh, there's a lot buried in that. <clears throat> kind of one of the things that jumped out is, is the concept of a V, um, you know, and, and I'm not an economist and I'm not going to make a prediction on how long things are going to take, but I come from a, a school of thought that's a little bit of a, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. So I wouldn't be planning on this being a V, I would be planning on this being more of a U recovery in terms of how long it takes to get back. And the reason I say that is because there are businesses that have lost about a year's worth of revenue. Like if you're in the events business and the summer was your time, most of those have been canceled. And even if we waved the magic wand and fixed it today, you know, an event in July, you know, are you really gonna launch that now? You know, so I think, you know, you look, there's a lot of businesses that have actually lost a full year's worth of revenue. You, it, this just wasn't a pause for three months. That's why I think it's going to take a little bit longer than a, a true V. Um, so that's one of the things I've been coming out with. And so I have, and, and you know, the way I look at it is, so I have clients and say they're marketing companies. It's, it's not my clients I'm worried about. It's my clients, clients, employees and customers that, you know, are being impacted by, you know, high unemployment. And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stimulus with the government right now, which I think is helping. Um, but I just think this is going to take a while. There, you know, there's fear of a, 
of a second wave. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. So I would go about planning. You know, I look at the planning cycle being six to 18 months. Like, what does it look like? Where am I am right now? What's my new reality? Um, it kind of, you know, you asked about the tactics, like what's my new reality? It, and, and I don't mean in a shutdown mode like we are now, like give, let's assume we, we lift the, the full shutdown and we're sort of back to limping along and the economy is trying to get going again. You know, I, I think that I would be planning for a new normal, whatever that looks like to you. So what is my new normal sales? How can I squeeze my expenses? And, and how long can I survive in that mode? And does that give me in that six to 18 month range that I might need to get through this in order to really start riding the back end? And, and you know, and, and I don't want to throw too many topics into one answer, but also when you've got, when you know how long you have, this is also the opportunity, if, you know, by stretching those number of months to how do I actually reset myself to really thrive and really, um, you know, look for new opportunities and possibilities out of the crisis, because that's the thing, like in crisis, there's a ton of opportunity and possibility as well, be it a pivot, a customer shift, and, you know, something you hadn't thought of that you didn't have to before we went into crisis mode. You mentioned a word there, um, and that was opportunity. And I think that's the way, you know, we're told business owners and leaders that in these, in these times, it's, it's an opportunity. And just to, to take that to what you do in helping businesses with their financials. And so I know that when I'm looking at our company today, all of a sudden things that maybe I wasn't looking at six months ago in a year, all of a sudden are extremely important. It's like, oh my goodness, let's really start to study these numbers. Mm -hmm. So when we look at that as sort of an opportunity for mm -hmm. businesses, how important is it for them to like really understand their financials and have really clear financials? I mean, you know, if you, you want to lob up a softball to an accountant, that's, uh, that's about as, <laughs> as, as friendly a question as you can ask. Um, you know, I, two things. One, in terms of looking at things in a different way, and, and this wasn't even the opportunity I was talking about, but, you know, I'm a relatively small accounting firm. Um, you know, there's a dozen of us or whatever. And, you know, I looked at just our recurring subscriptions that we weren't even using or that we had too many seats for or the wrong um, subscription level. We were on enterprise where we could have been professional. Our little firm saved uh, over 22 grants just by doing that exercise a couple of times. Um, and, you know, that's meaningful, right? Like that's, that, that, that makes an impact every month as we're squished down. So there's opportunities like that. There's opportunities to really step up the knowledge of the accounting. And when things are slow, now, assuming that, you know, there's some spare time because of the slowness, you know, restructuring, you know, your financials and, and you know, maybe Leyland, we can attach a link or something to an example um, on my website of, you know, what a great reporting package looks like that really gets you when you start to move forward or, or you're, you're, you're looking at life through a new lens where you can literally understand your financials in like three minutes through a lot of visual, you know, uh, representation of the numbers. So you know, an opportunity to not get stuck looking at your financials the way you always have. They were written by accountants for accountants. They were never written for, for entrepreneurs. So there's actually a process. I mean, it's partly what the book's about, partly what when I do speaking engagements it's about. It's how to actually direct your accounts to give you information in a way that you understand and can intuitively see as opposed to kind of flying blind. And I think that's another huge opportunity um, to just reset so that as you start to take off again, 
um, you're just in a way better position, not to mention the opportunity of a pivot or something new altogether and new altogether. Mm-hmm. Are, are there a, a few areas that you kind of see trending in, in operationally where businesses have been throughout, you know, we had a, we had a really good ride for a long time now, 12 years mm-hmm. or something, right? Since a, since a, a real downturn, are there a, a few key areas operationally that you see trend where businesses are probably spending too much or are there's, are there some efficiencies that, that could be created? You know, it's a great question. I'm, you know, I always come back to the subscriptions. It's kind of low hanging fruit. Um, but I, you know, um, that's a great question. I, you know, I don't know if there's a particular area and I think kind of the, the real eye opener here is some businesses you know, and just very openly, like we, we were down about 35, 30, between 30 and 35% with clients who, you know, are like, Hey, we're hands down. Like we shut our doors. We don't, you know, we can't either afford or need you right now. And we're working with them because we want to come back with them. So I think kind of the, the, the impact of this is hugely different for somebody who's down 30% versus a hundred percent. So like the strategies around tightening things down and subscriptions or, you know, finding some savings in labor or, you know, advertising, argue that advertising isn't the right place to cut at the moment, but um, it's really depends on the scale of how bad you were hit. Like I know there's lots of businesses that I know lost 90 to hundred percent. It almost doesn't matter how much you save in your day-to-day operations when you're down 90 to hundred percent. That's a complete change. Whereas if you're kind of where we were, you know, to actually, to actually look and I do this on a and this is a painful accountant thing so apologies and as an owner you have to do this line by line but not just line by line of your expenses line by line by supplier or contractor it makes it so much easier if you're looking at your expenses say oh I have to bring my office expenses down by 30 percent no 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 line by line in office expenses supplier by supplier because it's so much easier to intuitively know I can cut that. I can cut that. No, I can't cut Google. No matter how much I need to save, if I cut my Google, I don't have email. Like I can't cut that. So line by line, supplier by supplier. And so it's not so much a category as much as just the effort of literally looking at every expense and just banging through it supplier by supplier, contractor by contractor, way easier than just targeting an overall percentage decrease. Um, Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, no, I was going to, you said something about in terms of like your, your Google and obviously you were talking probably about like G Suite for your email. G Suite, but, sure. Yeah, but it, let's say in terms of this, I'm curious, uh, out of some of the smaller, medium-sized businesses that you're dealing with, how many of them, because you're looking at financials and you're looking at their, their, uh, their statements, how many of them are actually investing into outbound marketing or even outbound sales during a downturn like this? Um, yeah, I mean, because it's all happening very live and fluidly right now, like we're just putting together um, March financials and everything kind of happened in March. So that effect is still happening. Um, I think what I've seen, and this is more anecdotal from conversations than actually studying people's financials, is it's just gotten a lot more targeted. So like, you know, who's my ideal client? And if I'm going to spend money, I want to spend money going after that particular client. I mean, it's it's what we've done. We've been very focused on on finding the right client rather than just continuing with more of a broad scope um, ad style campaign. Right. Sorry, Leila. People are still like, everybody's looking for new business. Everybody's looking for new clients. Everybody's looking for new revenue sources. And so 
doing some sort of targeted and whether that's a digital outbound, whether that's a outreach, whatever that is, that, that activity absolutely is continuing. Um, it may be scaled down in terms of price and, and how much, um, and it may be a little more laser focused, which is not a bad thing anyway. Right. What uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on, we you know we've talked to a couple of business, uh, business owners or presidents of companies that are using the stimulus as an opportunity to really invest in their own companies, whether it's marketing, you know, figuring out new operation, uh, operations, things like that. Um, have you come across that a lot? And just kind of what are your thoughts on, like, is, this, is that something that businesses should be thinking about in your, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, there's a few types of stimulus right now. You know, there's the 10% wage subsidy, the 75% wage subsidy, and some loans are kind of the big ones. And then, of course, for people that have been laid off, there's some different protections in terms of um, going on EI and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I come from a place that you know, our, our program is really called Survive to Thrive. And I think in order for us to all, all thrive on the back end, we all have to survive, survive together. So I lean more towards take what you need, but also recognize that if you're taking something that you don't need, you're taking it out of somebody else's pocket. So if you're in that category that got hit 30 plus percent, absolutely, I would go after the stimulus and I would use that money to reinvest and try and grow and thrive on the back end. But I wouldn't do it without really challenging the model and really thinking, you know, was my model working before this or was I barely making it through? If I was barely making it through, just grabbing a bunch of stimulus money and throwing it at the same program is kind of flushing it down the toilet, to be honest. So if you're going to take that, it's really OK. Is it because my model was working? I mean, I know, you know, I've, I've seen people that, you know, do work on, um, on job sites. And right now those are those that particular service is shut down. Well, that model has been working for years and it was growing for years. So right now that business is shut down. That's a perfect opportunity to take stimulus money and apply it to the business and, and strengthen as much as you can the way out. But again, if you're, if you're, if you were barely breaking even before, no amount of stimulus is going to help you. That's, that's really a pivot. That's a, that's an overhaul of the business. And if you can use that stimulus money to give yourself enough time to overhaul your business so that you can thrive on the back end, absolutely. But don't just throw good money after something that already isn't working. I think that's just, you're going to end up on the back end of that in just as bad a shape and feeling crappy about it. So if you're going to use it, use it really effectively. I mean, that's, I don't know how helpful that is, but it's just everybody's trying to grab it. And we've certainly discouraged people. Um, you know, everybody wants the money and it's like, okay, well, I was down 15%. Can we make it look like 30? Yeah, you know what? If you're down 15%, you're doing pretty well. Like, Keep doing what you're doing and find a way to get yourself back to scratch rather than relying on, on handouts. Because if you, if your business has to rely on handouts other than for a very short period of time, there's a problem with the business. I wanted to circle back Spencer, to your, uh, to your introduction. And I wanted to ask you about your book, which is a number one bestseller on Amazon, Entrepreneur Numbers. Yeah, thanks. And um, I'd love to hear you. Oh, there it is right there. And for our listeners and for us, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about, you know, what the book's about. And, and I, I'm just curious your inspiration for writing it and how it came to be. Sure. Um, I, I think it helps to kind of share the subtitle, which is The Surprisingly Simple Path to Financial Clarity. So really what it is, is it's, 
it's designed for entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck, frustrated, and I'll even use the word embarrassed about the state of their books. I know a lot of entrepreneurs say like, I'm not getting the information I need to run my business. And then they'll lower their voice and say, I don't really know what information I need. I just know I'm not getting it. And that's how I know that business is in crisis from a financial position. So really it's designed to be a very readable, there's a lot of story and analogy. Um, you can tell how I talk. I may not sound like kind of an average accountant the way I talk. Um, and I really tried to make the book um, a very readable way to empower entrepreneurs, how to direct their accounting teams, get them the information they need when they need it, and in a format that is intuitive and simple for an entrepreneur to understand. Um, I just, I'm super passionate about this. I believe entrepreneurs can change the world. And I see my role as helping them through their financial blind spot. So the book is part of it. When I do my speaking, it's a very similar topic. I use a, I use a case study um, in both. And, you know, like, and just to kind of share where I think the power of this comes in, I often do this as a live um, speaking event. And I'll take a, someone from the audience who will self-rank themselves two, three, four, five out of 10 on their financial prowess and, and understanding of their books. And unless, and usually it takes about 15 minutes, I'll get them to a nine or 10 out of 10 with this new system, with this, this new way of reporting completely revolutionizes how entrepreneurs relate to their books. So that's, that's why I do it. I'm excited to do it. I, I love it. Believe it or not, it, uh, it gets me excited when I see entrepreneurs light up at a new way of doing things. So, it, based on that, is the challenge that they've just been thinking about financials wrong or in like an, an old way? Is there a, a new way that they should be looking at it? I would argue, I don't think entrepreneurs have done anything wrong. Um, I think accountants to a large extent have failed entrepreneurs. You know, um, a, financial statements are a technical document. You know, I went to school for three years to learn how to write, create, interpret, and use financial statements, whereas entrepreneurs didn't. And so if you think about it, accounting for a lot of accountants, particularly bookkeepers and some controllers, you know, you've, they've come up through this technical route and they understand the technical side of accounting. That's very different than what entrepreneurs need in order to, um, to make really good decisions. So again, that's why I think of this as a bridge to help entrepreneurs and to help accountants come to a common language. It's like, oh, so if we do it this way, me, the accountant, gets what I need, and me, the entrepreneur, gets what I need. Um, and again, it's super simple, intuitive, and quick once you get it. There's a bit of heavy lifting to get there, make no mistake, but the path is actually not as complicated as it seems. Um, it may be a function that, you know, the, the accountant has to relearn some things, do things differently. This is really about pushing the accountants um, and empowering the entrepreneurs. Do you, do you find that with your uh, current clients and you don't have to mention any names uh, and even just with other businesses that you're, that are coming to maybe inquiring about your service or when you're at a speaking engagement, if they come up and ask you afterwards, is there like a common thread uh, of questions that uh, you're generally asked? And it's like, Oh, well, I mean, obviously you wrote a book for a specific reason, but mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you generally are getting asked by businesses or entrepreneurs? Uh, and has that shifted a little bit with uh, the current uh, COVID crisis? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the funny thing is, is the questions are often, I don't know what questions to ask. Um, so, you know, that came to like, I, I, I'm not getting the information I need to run my business. I don't really know what information I need. I just know I'm not getting it. So 
you know, entrepreneurs don't know if their own internal accounting teams are strong enough to do what they need. They don't know if they're doing a good job. They, it's, it's more actually a lack of knowing what to ask than it is about um, what questions are being asked. It's kind of like some people just come up and say, can you help me? And it's like, well, that's why I'm here. I'm happy to help. Um, that has definitely shifted in the last three weeks. And it's, it's more about, can I make it through? Can I survive? What is my burn rate? Um, how many months do I have left? And so, you know, we're, for our clients in particular, we're working through a process of figuring out the new normal. What is the new normal revenue? What is the new normal cost? This is what you're, you know, under the new normal, are you profitable again? Are you still burning money? And so that's the, that's sort of the, what's changed. It's before it was like, I don't even know what to ask. Now it's like, I know what to ask. How much cash do I have? Can I make it? It's more of a, a reactive kind of, um, you know, there's some panic, you know, when you lose 30, 40, 50% of your business, yeah. there's panic. Kind of relating Here's to those. that is at shift, you guys, you, you, whether not, not necessarily a full pivot, but you, you, you switch some communication and some messaging to assisting businesses through, um, through this and, and putting all that messaging. Hey, this is, you know, we're here to talk to you th- uh, about that new normal and what it looks like and how to audit your current situation. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm really interested in is, you know, as a service-based industry like us, like so many other businesses, what did it take internally for you and your team to be able to, to, to come up with that conceptualize it? Okay. This is the messaging we're going to put out and then make it real. Cause it was a quick, you know, I, I obviously I can, I, I pay attention to your guys' website. I can see, I saw this yeah. the switch. So how, how did you execute that uh, internally? Yeah. So it, it happened. Um, I don't want to say accidentally, um, but it happened maybe a little less purposefully than, than you would hope in that because I do a fair amount of speaking engagements, I actually, it was, you know, to me, the, I think it was, was it March 11th? Was that a Thursday? Um, let me just have a look. March 12th was a Thursday and that was the day the world fell apart to me and I think a lot of other people plus minus a day and I had a speaking engagement the following Tuesday and I was going to do my normal um, un-F your books talk and um, I was just thinking and it's, it's, it's about a two and a half hour keynote and I'm like you know I, I just don't feel good about doing it and I, I turned it into um, a survive to thrive five part plan you know, including finding your new normal, how to save money, sources of cash, preparing for the future. So I, I, I did that for the talk and I literally in two days kind of put together that presentation. And then I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm telling people to do. We have to re-engineer that. So we got together as a team. Um, we actually watched the talk as a team or not as a team, but everybody watched the talk. Then we got together, all of the accounting team really got together and said, okay, well, this is what we need to do for our clients. Um, we actually even built a, a bit of a tool. Um, so we have um, software development as part of our team because I'm really unhappy with the QuickBooks reporting. Like, I just don't think you can get what you need because again, QuickBooks was designed for accountants. So we actually do custom reporting and we created a tool that would actually do that sort by by line item, by supplier to help customers go through and our clients figure out where can they cut and where can they not and help them go through kind of that, how, what is our new normal revenue and what does our real new picture look like? Um, so it came together partly out of, you know, partly out of necessity, like so many pivots. I wouldn't call this a pivot as much as a refinement. Um, required for the talk and then executed it within about, you know, probably a week. And I mean, I was doing 
talks two to three times a day for about two weeks. Um, on on what platform? And webinars and stuff. Like you on your your talks, you're um, what kind of? Yeah, so that that was the survive to thrive. So it was five parts. Um, you know, figure out your new normal. Um, figure out creative ways to reduce costs. Figure out creative ways to increase funding. Prepare for the future. And then around that, there's a bit around mindset because if you're in a negative mindset, possibility isn't even available to you. You have to switch your mind to what can we create out of this. Um, and so I did that as a PowerPoint um, presentation. And then depending on whether it was with the entrepreneurs organization or I was doing talks for Tech Vistage, I did a couple talks for industry groups. I've actually had a talk for language schools tomorrow morning and uh, just, you know, whatever their you know, digital platform is, I'm, I'm pretty tech ambidextrous so i don't really care right and i just do a share screen and and do a uh just about an hour to to really help people systematically think about how to approach this rather than just being in that kind of crazed we're responding this is actually a way to proactively think about each of those elements without um without missing something obvious because of the the stress of what's going on Spencer, I got a question for you. Before we, we did this, I did a little bit of research and I went on your website and I watched some of your videos and okay. I was like, man, okay, he's speaking, he's got energy. You've been on our podcast. You've got this great energy. You're speaking. This is a really difficult time um, for a lot of people out there. And, and I'm, I'm curious what you're doing um, yourself personally just to stay, um, I don't know if I want to use the word positive, but you're energetic, optimistic, sure. and, and kind of going yeah. where, you know, this is a difficult time. And, and I know a lot of leaders are, well, some of them are doing really well. And some people out there are obviously watching the news all day long and oh, struggling. Yeah. 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 I mean, so two things. One, I mentioned that March 12th, that Thursday, I was actually in a, it was about as low as I'd been in a long time. And I was watching the news and I got caught up on all things coronavirus. And then I, I saw a text somebody sent me, which reminded me of one of my favorite quotes of all time, which is a crisis is a terrible thing to waste by Paul Romer, who is a Stanford economist. And it just reminded me that, you know, it is a choice how we're responding. Like we do have a choice. And every time I get negative and hey, I have ups and downs. Like I had a I had a pretty tough night last night. I didn't get as much sleep as I wanted. I'll be honest. Um, and my mind was spinning. But, you know, as often as I can to pull out and just remind myself that in, until I'm in that space of there's an opportunity here. And I don't mean being opportunistic, you know, like buying hand sanitizer and marking it up. I used to be in the hand sanitizer business. We used to manufacture it, by the way. And uh, but, you know, being in that mindset of what is the possibility here completely changed everything. You know, partly to Leyland's question before of like, that's what got me to this new concept and we have an entire new offering that we're offering people. And it came from a space of possibility, not fear. Um, so that's one. And then, you know, two, I, I am kind of self-isolating. I live alone. So it's, it is very self-isolated. Um, I'm struggling with that. Um, but so, you know, I've, I've set a 30 day physical challenge for, you know, for me, I'm doing um, 50 pull-ups, a hundred push-ups, and 200 crunches every day for 30 days. I'm on day 11, I think right now. Um, and just doing that, and I have a, a WhatsApp group that, that we're all committing to different things that we're doing and just, just posting it every day and letting people know I'm still doing it and getting the way to go. Um, those things are helpful. And of course, you know, house parties, Zoom calls, I'm, I'm having a, a dinner with my family tomorrow. Huh. We're all going to make dinner and log on together and do what we're doing here. 
um, and just have a chat while we eat and catch up. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to make my, my social life as normal as possible. Um, um, yeah, you know, online dating still works. You just don't get to meet in person right now. You know, like <laughs> online dating is super active right now. People are uh, people are bored and looking for things to do. So you know, swiping is very effective. Have you uh, have you set up a TikTok account though? Uh, no, oh, Leyland has to work this into everything. Leyland is big on TikTok, and he wants everybody. I think a friend of mine. Know. I'm at eighty thousand views. Of mine, a friend of mine showed it to me and his daughter was that where like you sing or dance for like a yeah, method of time and people yeah okay <laughs> well, i've yeah, seen it only on a friend's phone i have not participated sorry yeah but yeah i only i only brought that in i did partially bring it in because i love talking about the fact that i have eighty five thousand views as of today but the other thing is is that i just know that you uh you're not really a guy that spends a lot of time on social media um you know i i don't I spend more time now I've actually really enjoyed the process of writing and sort of after finishing the book which in itself was a big issue um, kind of after I did my thing and it goes to the publisher to do all their stuff I had a bit of a gap of time and I started just writing stories and I was really I've really enjoyed that experience where you know it's it's something from my life which represented either an entrepreneurial learning or a life lesson that I grew from and I've just really been enjoying that. So I've been publishing a lot of those articles, sort of three, four page articles and posting them on social. I have somebody um, that helps me do the posting because it's just better that way. And so, you know, I do go in and check, you know, if people are responding and saying thanks on comments wherever I can. Um, but my only issue with social right now is just the volume of coronavirus related postings that I just think from a, from my own personal mental health, the less I hear about it over and over, well, I still stay informed. I still make an effort to know what's going on. I still definitely on the stimulus stuff because my clients need it. Um, you know, I stay informed. I just, I try not to get too hung up because I personally find I either get FOMO or I start beating myself up. You know, I mean, I could have gone for a run today and done my, you know, push-ups and pull-ups and seeing somebody's posting about doing whatever, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough. And it, it, for me, it puts me into that, a bit of that spin. And so as part of staying positive to Joel's question, um, I, I find for myself, um, I choose to not, whereas I know others use it as a tool to connect. So I, I'm not anti-social per se. Um, I just find for my own mental health, I'm, I tend to feel a bit freer um, when I'm not plugging into Facebook or Instagram all the time. You know, it's funny because one of the things we wanted to do with this podcast um, for this month was to talk to people in different industries and just see how they're doing and, and it affects everybody differently. And the mm -hmm. one thing that I've started to hear so far from everybody we've talked to is the people that are doing well or the people that are saying things like, I'm I'm staying informed, but I'm not watching the news. I'm not being glued to social media. And those are the people that seem to be, you know, doing pretty well out there. It's the people that are watching the news all day long and on Facebook that are the ones that are, that are really kind of struggling. I think those are great tips to, we need to know what's going on, but we don't need to know 14 hours a day of CNN, what's going on. You know, again, for friends. me, it's, 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 
and just real quick, sorry on that. Like for me, it's about, I personally find like if, if I start thinking about what, you know, I live in Vancouver, we're not on full lockdown. When I go outside, I'm obviously careful and I go for runs on trails and stuff where there's very few people. Um, I think about living in New York, you're in a 600 square foot apartment with, you know, your spouse and two kids and you can't even leave. And I, I will start getting into a negative spin on that. But you know, then, you know, I, I tend to go more towards to a podcast, like my favorite is called Impact Theory by Tom Bilyeu. He was the founder of Quest Nutrition, super great yep. stuff. And, you know, he did a thing on how do you actually, again, turn this into an opportunity to raise your own game? How do you do the work in a difficult time to, to make your relationship better, even though you can't get away from each other? Maybe you want to kill each other. How do you actually make it better? So even if you're in a place stuck in 600 feet in the New York apartment, you can actually choose to try and learn and grow out of this. And it ain't going to be easy. And I, I, like I said, I've had lots of ups and downs and I couldn't get my mind to stop spinning last night. It just kind of sucks. But, um, you know, you wake up and dust yourself off and it's like, oh, hey, I get an opportunity to talk to you guys. That's awesome. It's actually sunny outside. Awesome. You know, so um, there's, there's, there's so much to focus on the positive that by not dragging into the negative, I think it's just, for me, it's a cycle too. I get caught, but uh -huh. I'm human. I, my brain is human, just like everybody else. Um, before we uh, wrap up this convo, what's your favorite binge quarantine isolation uh, content to watch? Netflix, Crave, Amazon. What What are you watching right yeah. now as an accountant? So, as an accountant, so I do not own a TV. <laughs> Uh, I do not have a subscription to any of those services you mentioned. And it's partly because years ago I discovered I was addicted to TV. So not having access to it is actually my way of not sitting down and flipping for hours. Um, so my problem now, frankly, is YouTube because it's always there and it's free. And so I love, I don't know if you know the comedian Jimmy Carr. Um, yep. he's, he's a English comedian. He's hilarious. He's on all kinds of panel shows in the UK. I think they're all hysterical. So I do use it as a bit of an escape, uh, along with a nice 70% dark chocolate chocolate bar that I will, I've crushed more of those in the last couple of weeks than I care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for, uh, popping on today's episode. We will include all of your uh, contact information and non-social media handles in the show notes uh, and, and the link to your site to um, so that people can check out the stuff that you were talking about because I think there's a lot of valuable information that I think our, our listeners and our viewers will want to check out, especially during this time. They don't know whether or not their team's uh, uh, performing for them, so there should be some information there that they can kind of identify those yeah. flags. There, there's a bunch of free downloads to it, entrepreneurnumbers.com. So if you want to connect that link, there's free. Um, there's, there's an example reporting package. There's actually questions to ask your bookkeeper to see if they're strong enough. So there's a bunch of free tools and resources. My goal is to help as many people as possible. So there's a lot of stuff available um, at no cost. Um, and I will also say that our actually biggest segment is marketing um, agencies being at digital or other types of businesses that support others doing selling. So our case study actually is from um, a marketing agency that we've obviously sanitized the data to protect um, yes. anything, but it's all actually based on real, real data. So um, anybody who's listening that's marketing, that, that, that package should be really, really helpful for you. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, no, we will, we will link that up and we'll drive some cool. more traffic to your sites.
Appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. Right on. Thanks for coming on, Spencer. It was great. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. I really, I uh, really liked the uh, multiple uh, person interview style. It was a, a refreshing change. So well done. Cool. Right on. Thanks. Thank Appreciate it. Thanks, man.